Greetings, film fans. Welcome to episode 11 of The Bigger Ruski, the fan dabby doozy film show from Joe and her. And this week, we've got more Steven Spielberg than you can shake a big rubber shark at. Uh, speaking of rubber sharks, I'm your host, Owen Doherty, and as ever, I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Rory. Have I told you about that time I met Steven Spielberg Cashin? Hello, Rory. Speaking of rubber sharks. I don't know what that reference <laughs> yeah. means. It means nothing. Let's just you gloss re- but over you refer it. to yourself. I, I I couldn't think of another segue, so I just called myself a rubber shark. Cool. It's fine. Huh. I did meet Spielberg, though. Uh, yeah, have he you He nearly told? knocked my coffee over. It was so cool. what, what, what about the time you met Steven Spielberg, then? Here we go. Like, I don't like to brag or whatever, but we're best friends now. That's, okay, it's, that's it's just, that simple. Like, we, 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 we made eye contact. He nearly knocked my coffee over. He, he called me young man as he tried to walk around me. <laughs> were you attacking him? I was walking in a straight straight line, and he wasn't looking where he was going. And he wa- he he walked into me, and I nearly spilled coffee all over. You had he, a meet cute, yes, with Steven Spielberg. He's not as uh, tall as I imagined he might be. Okay, he's he's uh, a short man, but still impressive. Yes. Good things come in small packages. I think, okie dokie, <laughs> I think we're going to be hearing a lot more of uh, Roy Steven Spielberg stories. Um, and after a few weeks off, Paul Moore is back. Uh, like Richard Jafis, uh, desperately making his way to Devil's Tower in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Paul has found his way home to the bigger Vuski, making effigies of Rory and myself out of plates of mashed potato. Mm. So, uh, did you manage to find yourself, Paul, while you were away? I did, actually. Um, what happened after I was detained by customs, which you accurately reported on last week, had to get a job because I had to bribe the police. Yeah. Got it, became a janitor in MIT. Of course. Uh, there was this uh, equation on the board and yeah. actually my natural math, math, math skills just took over. You love maths. Not, and, language, uh, though. And Not ben, the word. <laughs> and Ben Affleck is now my best friend. Amazing. That's a little bit controversial, but that's fine. Well, that's a lot of famous best friends we've made the it last, is. The I've, got, week. I've that, got nobody that was, that was eerily like some other film from Boston wasn't it I don't think so no, no, um, it's not okay, Belgium. Yeah. did you eat all the potato I did okay good and crabs and lobster which is good in Boston <laughs> okay with Ben Affleck um, unfortunately though <laughs> in our sad news segment which Unfortunately, it's like that's becoming way too regular. It's every yeah, week we've got a sad no, news segment. No, I don't segment. like the in memoriam yeah, no, no. of our show. But this week we remember our fallen comrade, uh, Laura Holland. Who? Who has, yeah, she's gone to the big cinema in the sky. Um, just for legal reasons, she has not died. I she's go fine. away for two weeks, guys, and she's just, she's dead. I know, she couldn't hack it she without you. She got her own you. spin-off. Yeah, but uh, let's take a moment, please, to remember uh, Laura Holland. Jeepers. And it's Laura. wonder what she's into. Um, you know what those were, actually? Bells. They're not bells tolling. They're dongs. Uh, specifically, oh! they're Jamie Dornan dongs, which Laura was a huge fan of. They sound musical. Uh, <laughs> they're very... <laughs> Jamie Dornan has musical dongs. Um, uh <laughs> Forget about the sad news segment, though we also have a good news segment uh, because we've got <laughs> listeners. Your segues this week are on fire. Rubber sharks. Uh, the lovely listeners are still here, so make sure uh, you get in touch with us by tweeting us on Twitter at Big Review Ski, and you can WhatsApp us on 00353-874-001103. As we said, uh, this is a bit of a Spielberg special this week. Uh, mm. We'll be chatting to Simon Pegg and the rest of the cast of his brand new film, Ready Player One. Uh, we've got some horrendous hard high clothes they're not that hard it's fine um, reviews of loads of new releases and the best prize that we've ever ever given away on the show a trip for two film fans to Italy they have to be film fans uh, yeah that would help it would help yeah lot, definitely yeah. that's to Italy to Italy the country not like 
the, Italy, the restaurant we, oh, not like a, a restaurant that's just called Italy no. somewhere what part of Italy do we know uh, Luca it's called Ooh, I was there I had a really bad hangover there once that's got nothing to do with the competition that's a different story <laughs> it's just <laughs> don't want my hands went all weird don't worry about it okay. um, so stay tuned for details on how to win that prize uh, but to kick things off uh we asked you a question last week and you kindly answered. We wanted to know, uh, what is your favourite guilty pleasure movie? Uh, Rory, you did a, a double bill. I did, I did an own. <laughs> you did an own on it. Uh, mean Girls and ECA. Brilliant choices. Which I still stand by as being two of the funniest films of the last decade-ish. 100% agree. And uh, I went for From Paris With Love. Yes, you did. Also one of, in, unintentionally, funniest films of the last decade. Yep. Paul, you weren't here. What would you have gone for? I was thinking this. Uh, I might have gone for Critters, the original, because I was raised in those B plus creature features I love them to bits and obviously I've been ranting about it since the opening episode Mac and me Mac and me of course um, thanks to everybody who got in touch all the listeners uh, and readers um, there was Deep Impact Face Off Flash Gordon San Andreas loads Deep but Impact? Yeah that was in there That's kind of good isn't it? <laughs> no, Somebody went for Deep Impact Some Jeepers. of our favourite ones though were uh, John Ward he said Notting Hill which was also Laura's choice he uh-huh. also followed that up with uh, an apology he just said I'm sorry um, okay. Thanks, John. Apology accepted. <laughs> Is it? Uh, Derek Leister went for The Day After Tomorrow. It's a pile of dirt, but I watch it every time it's on. Agreed. Um, Will Riley said, I've seen The Hottie and The Naughty quite a few times. I don't deserve eyes. <laughs> Which no. is quite extreme. And uh, quite a personal <laughs> one here again. Well, I hope your eyes are okay. Uh, someone called Michael Walsh got in touch and said, my wedding video. And every time, uh, I hope the ending turns out different. Jesus. Which is a little bit bleak if Dream. Michael's partner uh, is listening. We're sorry. We're sorry about that. Uh, this week, though, Roy, you've got a whopper of a question for us. Yeah, hopefully the answers aren't quite as, <laughs> as dark. Uniformly as dark as yeah. those were. Yeah, uh, since it is Ready Player One is, is one of the big releases this week and we did uh, have the opportunity to speak to some of these stars. Um, and the question I'm going to ask you two guys is the same question I asked uh, all the stars of the movie. What is your favourite Spielberg moment? So I think we'll let the famous people talk first because they're more important. But they're way more important than, than any of us. Uh, and then when they're done, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys. Okay, we're gonna think Pressure. of something. What is your favorite Spielberg moment from his previous movies? That's a good question. Thank you. Um, I, I just, we've only gotten this question one other time, and I, I said that uh, it was the moment at, at the end of ET when, when the, all the kids are telling the. Um, Oh no! Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's a really special moment. It's a very special moment. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to cry again? We're all going to cry. It's a very emotional interview. That's (laughs) over. We're emotional at this point. Yeah. Ready to pour it all out. It's been a long day. And yourself? I think that's a really special moment. I um, I like the bit in 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 Hook. I mean, I talk about all the time, like a broken broken record about Hook, but I love it. when, when, when um, they tell when the Lost Boys tell tell Robin Williams' character that he's doing it, Peter, he's doing it. Well, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I'm gonna give you two moments. Uh, I love the moment. Um, I love the moment. You know what? Actually, I, don't, I feel like that the, mo- the moment I'm gonna give you in Jurassic Park is kind of like everybody gives that moment. Maybe. Um, I like the moment. Okay, boom. I like the moment in Jurassic Park when. The kids uh, are in the trees, and they 
they're a little nervous at first, you know, because the dinosaurs, dinosaur, another dinosaur is coming over, and they, mm-hmm. they're like, they almost were eaten by a T Rex. So they're a little nervous, and they realize that that dinosaur is a vegetarian, so he doesn't eat meat. So they, then they become calm and they watch these amazing dinosaurs, like just sort of graze. It's really nice. It's like watching cows uh, graze grass. Then a really sweet moment in the color purple is when Seely and Suge kiss for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's, that's like moments. the really the two ends of the Spielberg. Spectrum. Yeah, right. Like, it's beautiful to look like, at, and also uh, come on, it's like classic. It's like you, I mean, you don't get more varied than those two <laughs> moments. I always try and pick something small with this because he's so famous for his kind of grand gestures, which he's so brilliant at framing. But I, there's a bit in ET I love when Elliot first sees ET in the in the cornfield outside his house, and and and. E.T. screams and runs off and Elliot screams and then Elliot sort of watches where he's been and you see the garden gate swing shut and the trash roll down the steps and then you just push in on Elliot and he walks up to the swing set and stops the swing and he's looking. It's that incredible look of wonder that Spielberg does so well. Little things like that, you know, people forget how good he is at those things as well. A minus catch me if you can. That's a good one. The opening credits in that are really cool. Yeah. Yeah, do do, do, Uh, it. Minus uh, tinting. Adventures tinting. One of my favorite Spielberg moments, uh, and you can see echoes of it in a lot of his films, but uh, is in the movie E.T., which uh, uh, was my favorite movie when it came out. Uh, it hit me really hard. I was the same age as Elliot, and, uh, and I already become interested in life on other worlds and science fiction, uh, partly because of Close Encounters a few years before. And, uh, uh, and um, I was a child of divorce uh, as well, and watching Elliot uh, you know, work through that, and there's this scene in uh, E.T. where Elliot is, uh, had a fight with his mother, and he's at the kitchen sink, and there's steam rising from the sink, and he's looking out uh, the window and kind of dreaming of a better life. And uh, that moment uh, uh, always speaks to me when I watch the film, and there's a moment just like that in Ready Player One when Wade is in his uh, uh, aunt's trailer, and he's laying on top of the washer-dryer, and he's looking out the window at the stacks, uh, this, you know grim uh, place that he's growing up and dreaming of adventure and escape and uh, you know that's a theme that runs through a lot of Stephen's uh, stories and helped inspire me to you know write Ready Player One you know I think of uh, Wade Watts as being like Elliot in E.T. or Mikey in The Goonies you know that kind of young pure of heart uh, protagonist so that last dude there was Ernest, Ernest Klein, who was the author of Ready Player One, and then he co-wrote the screenplay as well. Uh, and also in the mix there was Simon Pegg, Lena Waithe, who you probably also know from Masters None. She's brilliant. She's Great brilliant. Uh, Olivia Cook, who uh, made me cry so much in <laughs> Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Uh, Ty Sheridan from Mud, and he's also... He was in X-Men Apocalypse, I think. He played young Cyclops. That's right, yeah. Uh, and then there was Philip Zhao and Wynne Moriaski. I think I'm saying that correctly. I apologize nice, for that. Nice pronunciations. Uh, one of them is a J-pop boy band member and is oh, huge, really? huge in Japan. And the other one is uh, brand new. Had never acted before in his life. Amazing. Like, some really uh, interesting answers there, though. Uh, I love Simon Pegg's one of just the, that little moment. moment. yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of teeny moments, because I'm going to do... Terrible segues like you. What's yes. your teeny moment? <laughs> so you were asking, what, what is our favourite Spielberg moment? And I know we said it before whenever Moments. the post... <laughs> moment. Singular. I'm keeping it singular. <laughs> uh, um, whenever the post was released uh, a couple of months back, uh, I know we were expressing our love for Steven Spielberg. And I think throughout, uh, well, my life, and I, he's just been that constant there uh, <laughs> from the day I was born during the 80s. But he, his films have just been... Uh, an amazing presence throughout uh, and I think it 
he's my favorite he's my favorite film director so sure. whenever you ask me to pick one moment I hate your guts first of all I think this sure. is the hardest question we've had um, but I have whittled it down to <laughs> one, 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 <laughs> one zero 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 uh, no I, I did I was thinking about it and out of all of his films Jurassic Park is one of my favourites sure and I know a lot of them went for E.T. as well. But one of my favourite moments in Jurassic Park is whenever uh, Muldoon, the hunter, the kind of the, the gameskeeper, oh, yeah. is moving. There's minimal dialogue. There's two words in the scene. Um, uh, he's making his way through oh, the yeah. jungle, hunting the velociraptors who have uh, escaped. And he spots one of them ahead. And I don't know why. He, why does he not have his gun ready already? But he starts to set up his gun, takes off his hat, sets up his gun. There's a lot to setting up that gun, isn't there? Oh, and it's so noisy. Yeah, like, <laughs> click, click. in the jungle. Um, but basically, uh, he's he getting played by the by the raptors. What, what a waste of a great vest as well. He could really rock that vest. That's he actually could. Doing, yeah. And uh, basically, he goes to shoot one of the raptors uh, without being uh, without realizing that he's being ambushed at the same time by the other one. And he just turns and looks is left and says clever girl and I love gets that completely mauled the raptor like takes a moment he's like I got you I know it does like a little <laughs> it doesn't smile it jump through the bush like yeah. I got you and uh, yeah that I just watched that on repeat and in fact <laughs> I did um, I, I just love that moment but I mean there are too many to choose from and that's one and I'm so uh, proud of you. No, and that's, that's my full stop. Um, like, that's, I mean, I'm so proud of you. My fa- that's, 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 that's all you have to say. My favourite Spielberg moment will be different tomorrow. But <laughs> yeah. uh, today, that is my favourite one. Um, I would love to hear Paul's. I was going to pull an own and literally Ooh, like leave 30, me alone. About 30 of them. I, I whittled it down to three, but the two, what? The, the one I'm going to go with. What? No, I, no, I, no, I'm no, not, no. I'm not elaborating. I just, okay. Normandy landing and save Private Ryan I love and the close encounter scene when the boy goes out the ominous orange lighting right. is great not the potato bit nope but I've whittled it down to this and it's very unpopular film of his with critics but I love Ooh. it and it's my first memory of watching a Spielberg film and I love this it's in the Temple of Doom after Indiana Jones is converted to the Tuggy cult you know he, he turns rogue and he starts uh, hitting short round and uh, Kate Capshaw Spielberg's wife is being lowered into the pit he gets burned wakes up from the deep sleep and then they're in the cave uh, fighting and the kid gets knocked to the ground and all you see is the camera pans up and a silhouette of just Indiana Jones backlit the bullwhip is there and then this brilliant John Williams score kicks in Yeah, I'm getting like nostalgic goosebumps. I want to watch Temple of Doom. <laughs> and which that, is something I, I don't that usually we, say. We all just kind of bopped. <laughs> We're all just bopping away. And that one w- listening is like, uh, are they still there? <laughs> and that one moment for me sets up what I think is the best 30 minutes of Spielberg's career because that last 30 minutes of Temple of Doom is an absolute action Ooh, classic. That's quite that's a quite statement. But yeah. the minecart chase, the fight on the conveyor belt with the rocks, and then the way he shot, because Spielberg has vertigo, he shot that chasm scene. And uh, for that me, that is bloody <laughs> brilliant. That's that sequence when you know Indiana Jones getting closed in on both sides. The camera goes, goes ah shit, coats the rope, and it's just breathtaking. Well, that, that reminds me of another one of my favourite moments. No, 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 no we can't. Do no, it. but like uh, we'll we'll talk about John Williams some some other week. But uh, yeah, no, his theme tunes obviously oh, play, yeah. and his music, his soundtracks play such an important role. But Rory, what's your favourite Spielberg moment? Uh, I, 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 I is, it, is it one? <laughs> I did, I did get it down to one. I almost. 
almost went with the opening credits of Catch Me If You Can. <gasps> Unbelievable. But then I was like, does do, that do, do, count because do, 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 do. it is it really Spielberg? Like, I know it's in a Spielberg film, but like... It was done it that soul-based yeah. style. Mm. So instead, I, I as well have gone for a slightly controversial one, but I think it was um, the perfect kind of mix of everything that I love about Spielberg was it's during the first attack in War of the Worlds. Oh. When the front of the church begins to move and as it moves it catches the sun and it comes through the kind of ornate glass at the front and it reflects onto everyone on the street and everyone's kind of panicked but they're also completely in awe of what's happening mm. and it was like well that's that's, that's, a, that's, so a, that's a Spielberg movie like entirely it's like you're just your jaws is on the floor but you're, you're like wow this is so beautiful to look at and then two minutes later you're running and screaming <laughs> I haven't seen War of the Worlds in years it's, um, it's it is a flawed film but there are moments of just ab- like that scene absolute brilliance brilliant happy days um, if you've got I'm sure like there are loads of favourite Spielberg moments out there um, you can describe pretty much one third of the film like Paul has done <laughs> or you can pick a very specific moment like Rory has done they're all valid uh, but what do you think of him as a director is he one of your like if, it, if I had to pick one as I said he would definitely be my favourite I was thinking I with Kugler doing so well with uh, Creed and Black Panther like Spielberg was like 21 when he made Jaws like he, and then he rolled into Close Encounters there hasn't been a director with that run of streak in such a long time and he's mixed up his films so well you look at Munich Schindler's List and now West Side Story he's moved into musicals even at his age he's still continuing to expand um, I, he's never I don't think there's been a more influential director you look at Edgar Wright Peter Jackson the next generation Spielberg is the benchmark they still aspire to yeah, and I think, um, sure, even look, <laughs> since we started the show, the last kind of 10, 11 weeks, uh, he's had two releases as well. He's so prolific oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, and uh, Indiana Jones 5 is, mm-hmm. is what he's working on now, so. Ah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see uh, how that turns out. No, no, listen, it's hard not to get we'll excited. We'll still see it. Of course we will. Everything he does, we still see it. Now, we're moving on to this week's High Clue, Paul. It's been too long since you uh, graced us with your High Clue uh, brilliance. Okay. Yeah, it's usually wrong, isn't it? Yeah, it's five, always seven, wrong. Five, no, yeah. no, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rory's the one who struggles with <laughs> with the syllable counting. Yeah. In fairness, I've relied on Rory's syllable counter because uh, since I've been away, I forget. Now, which I one forget though? Because the there. one of them is broken. As well, I well, we're going to find. Week. We're going to find out now, aren't we? Okay. Well, before before your example, just just uh, congratulations to everyone who correctly guessed last week's high clue, uh, which was guys replacement helps things get lost in translation. Lead has read Jake's book. And the answer to that one was Arrival, uh, one of the best films uh, of the past few years as well. Guy's replacement helps. That was Guy Pierce. Uh, his replacement in The Hurt Locker was played by Jeremy Renner, who's in Arrival. That, that, that's a toughie. That's I admit hard. that's a toughie. That is, that's but a the middle line, things get lost in translation. That's pretty much, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, linguistics and translation in the film. That's yes. pretty literal. And the final line, lead has read Jake's book. Jake is Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he's a writer in Nocturnal Animals and his book is read by Amy Adams and she plays the lead in Arrival. So, congrats. Mine is far easier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, if you want to win some Pacific Rim Uprising prize packs, which is out in cinemas now, all you have to do is guess this week's competition haiku, which will be coming up later on the show. But as a reminder to the listeners, Paul, and because myself and Roy are just really excited about doing one, um, you've got an example haiku here for us. So, take it away. Okay. I've got my paper and my pen, so if you hear rustling, can I borrow your pen? It's it's more about the syllables, so just just count them out. Okay. Okay. It's probably about like 12, 7, 14 or something. Well, then that doesn't count, but okay. <laughs> Rats run in maze. Rats run 
in maize. Shrink sees. Wait, wait, wait. How are you spelling maize? M A Z E. Like normal. Not like the. Uh, um, oh, uh, like oh, the grain? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you cheaters with your special letters. <laughs> no, Sec- you always have to tell people how to tell them. Second line Shrink sees secret citizens. Oh, nice alliteration as well. Shrink sees secret citizens. Secret citizens. Uh huh. Third line rat, rat, singular, running on rail. Oh, uh, yeah, I have it. Do you? Yeah. So wait, the first and the third line both have rats and run. Okay, rats so is pl- is plural in the first and singular in the third. Okay, so let's do the quick syllable count. Uh, somebody load up a computer there. Rats <laughs> run in maze. That's four. That's four. Okay. How can you not count to five? Rats <laughs> run in amaze. Amaze. Yeah, throw it in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll throw it in there. This is that. supposed to be written the right. Okay. You can use it. You can use it. Clearly, use the wrong syllable counter. Rats <laughs> run in amaze. Shrink sees secret citizens. Seven. Thank God for that. Sweet. <laughs> Rat running on rail. Five. Okay. Now we're sorted. Yeah. Rory, Rory you thinks you've got it. it. Is it the departed? It is indeed. <gasps> rats run in a maze. Jack, shrink. Uh, the rats are Damon and DiCaprio. Okay. The moles. And uh, Shrink sees secret citizens. Shrink, Vera, Formiga. And the citizens was on the envelope when they. That's <gasps> how they got found yes. out. Yes. And rat running on rail. The final shot is the rat running on the rail in the Boston townhouse in the back. And I actually saw the police department in Boston where the department was filled. So that's why I went. Yeah, we all week. know you were on holiday in yeah, Boston. Yeah, I was on holiday. Yeah, yeah, so now we so get that, really, yeah. your high clear was just uh, <laughs> just oh, here's my off. holiday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can't show the listeners my photos, so here's a high clue. <laughs> Not really. I thought I did until this high clue. Um, so the departed again, unbelievable film. Uh, rats run in a maze. Shrink sees secret citizens. Rat running on rail. And Jack Nicholson does that the yes. rat impression. They got a rat as well. in the crew. Um, so do stay tuned for our high clue later on. And we've actually got an amazing competition this week as well to celebrate the release of Ready Player One. Uh, we've teamed up with Warner Brothers uh, to give <laughs> yourself and a friend the chance to win a trip to Italy, the country, for four nights uh, with your flights, accommodation all sorted. So uh, I bring Spielberg. You'd bring Affleck, and Owen, you'd. <sighs> I just need to go and make. It. Shane, sorry, are you up for that? Sound guy? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Happy days. That's me sorted. (laughs) Can't wait. Uh, But yeah, do stay tuned on details of how to be in with the chance of winning that. Now, though, uh, would you like to go somewhere? Okay. Yeah. Do I need need an adult? (laughs) You're fine. Do I need a change of clothing? I'm going to look after both of you. Let's go to the movies. We're bopping again. We're bopping. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> you feel amazing, trust me. We're going to look at the top what? 10 films in the Irish the box office. That was us. Do you think this is? <laughs> That's pretty modern. I think I was Lady Gaga. Um, these are the best films that were out in cinema at the moment. It's the top 10 that everyone has been uh, going to see. No, no, no. They're not the best. Well, they're the, the ones that everybody has decided to go and no, see. Wait, is that. Fucking film. <laughs> there we go. Come on now, Roy. And at number 10, we have Mary Magdalene, uh, which you can't really separate from Life of Brian. It's unintentionally funny as well. Um, not the biggest fan, uh, so um, don't go and see it. Don't worry about it. Yep. Uh, number nine was one of our new releases this week. It was Unsane. Yeah, Soderbergh's new psychological thriller. Um, it is to the Me Too movement what uh, Get Out was to Black Lives Matter. It is very, very fun to watch so don't be put off by thinking it's just a heavy message movie okay uh, number eight is Game Night and just something popping in here just I don't know if anyone's noticed but The Greatest Showman I'll say it now 
has been knocked out of the top 10, which was something Laura we thought would... with her. She did. Have you ever seen Laura? And, oh no, we have seen them in the same room at the same time, but she just she just left with The Greatest Showman. I'd say it was her going to see it over and over again. Repeatedly. To make sure it was, it was here every time she was <laughs> Every here. single time. Uh, Game Night does come highly recommended. Not so highly recommended is number seven, Demo and Ivor the movie, aka, as Roy was calling it, that fucking movie. You're not a fan. I'm not talking about it. Okay. Number six, Ladybird, which we all love. Yep. Well, yeah, yep. <laughs> most of us. Yep. Uh, number five, another new entry, A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, Roy, you weren't a fan of this last week. No, Cabbage. No. <laughs> cabbage, no Cabbage. People what turn into Cabbage. cabbage. No, no, no. And you're having none of that. Like, no, I'm not here for it. No, I was not a fan. Uh, special effects weren't great. Script wasn't great. Nope. Only Reese Witherspoon seemed to be the only person who was aware that she was in a kids' film. Yeah, but... I was listening to an interview with Ava DuVernay and she was saying, but this is for kids and I don't think she means like, you know, this is for adults as well. It's like, mm. this is specifically for the children. So do you think maybe that's why you but hate I, it so much? Because you hate kids as well. I did say that. I was like, I do think this is just for hyperactive kids. Um, but no, like I just, no, there's this, even outside of that, like even if she's saying, okay, so the story's just for kids, why are your special effects crap then? Okay. Tell me that, Ava. <laughs> okay, we'll get in touch with Ava DeVerne. And, and, and isn't every Pixar film for kids? And we all love Pixar, so focus on your script, people. Get yep. that right. Okay. Oh God. Sorry, Ava DeVerne. <laughs> um, number four is Black Panther. Uh, again, we're coming up to the release of the next Marvel film already, mm. uh, Avengers Infinity War, but we're all fans of Black Panther and Tomb Raider. Paul, you had a look at this. Fair play to Alicia Vikander. She goes for this role big time and she's clearly into it, but it's just awful. It's really, really bad. I felt like I was watching like four different films patched together and not even good. The set pieces were really bad. Ripped off. Batman Begins in terms of origin story. Hellboy in terms of its set piece and the best stunts from Indiana Jones. Um, so many but, stunts nicked from Indiana yeah, Jones. Done, Loads. But done badly. <laughs> but done yeah. not well, yes. And yeah. like, I, I think this director's like his first big Hollywood feature I would have thought it would be something original and brash but it just sort of like and The Lost World were already nailed it last week you can't help but watch that piece over the waterfall and think oh, I'm expecting a bleeding dinosaur to pop up here yeah. which would have made it better probably and there was a dinosaur in the game <laughs> but, so, so let's bring the dinosaurs but back fair play to Vikander she really goes for it yeah uh, number two is another new entry this week it's Pacific Rim Uprising no um, you saw this one yeah Thank you, Rory. What do you what do you, what do you make? Do you know it? what? Because I was a huge fan of Del Toro's first one, and I know you were saying this was more fun than you were kind of expecting it to be as well. Um, after seeing it and Tomb Raider, it's definitely a better film than Tomb Raider. Yes. John Boyega is—I mean, he's a producer on this film as well. It's basically his film. He's mm. a lot of screen time. Uh, he's naturally good. A lot of comedy elements in it uh, where he gets to kind of just riff on. Hi, I'm John Boyega and I'm pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he was enjoying that. The young actress, though, that plays his... Oh, I'm going to find out her name. But she was uh, especially impressive. I suppose the one thing that was disappointing for me is when you say to someone, oh, Pacific Rim, they immediately think of giant robots, giant monsters. And unfortunately, lots of this film is giant robots fighting other giant robots. Yeah. Um, and you do see the monsters in the trailer as well, so they're definitely there. But I wanted more of them. And there's a potentially really dark storyline there with uh, with Charlie, Charlie Day. Day. I know. I and was like, I was afraid to mention it last week. Whenever. And, and again, if you see the film, and you know, listen, if you're looking for, uh, you know, a, a brain is it Dayman Fighter of the Nightman? By any chance? It's not Dayman oh. Fighter of the Nightman. No. But uh, it's somehow even darker than that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the potential I, of yeah it's yeah. difficult to say but they're like 
yeah. Charlie Day goes through uh, something in this film which yeah had the potential like to be really dark uh, entertaining kind of sci-fi and they they play around with it a little bit but, but could have gone uh, so much better I understand they want to keep it more mainstream anyway but Pacific Rim listen if you're looking for that kind of fun time out of the cinema um, it's worth going to see and number one uh, hasn't been knocked off the top spot by robots or giant kaiju it's, uh, it's Peter Rabbit it's okay it's fine it's okay. Oh, God, it's Easter. Oh, God, it's going to be number one oh, for Oh, it's going to be number one for years. It's going to oh, do a greatest no, showman on us. because Easter and the eggs, and for some reason, eggs have something to do with rabbits. Well, uh... What is the connection there? I don't know. I think that was one rabbit who was just obsessed with eggs, and then that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. But, but, we, but we all like Donald Gleeson, so he can stay. Can yeah. yeah, we like Donald. Now, yeah. speaking of Easter eggs, uh, one of the big releases this week Oh, my is God, oh, good nice. that, one, that yes. one actually nice. worked. Thanks, everybody. Uh... No need to patronise with a round of applause, that's fine. Uh, well, one of the big releases this week is Ready Player One. And Rory, as you said, you were chatting to uh, the stars of the film, um, but you also got to, to have a big proper chat down, uh, or sit down with Simon Pegg. I did, yeah. He is uh, just the biggest film nerd. Uh, it's just great to be sat in a room with him because you can tell he has legit love for the films that he is a part of because he, he almost looks at them uh, as a fanboy himself. Um, and him working again with Spielberg because they did Tintin together a few years ago which was how do we feel about Tintin? I like it it was a brave film but I wasn't mad about it to be honest I remember Rory. giving it 8 8 out of 10 10 I, I think like which 3 was kind of oh like word yeah, play then again I, 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 I was raised in the cartoons so they're you know they're gospel to me so yeah. so yeah just sat down I was like what's it like working with him again how does it compare Spielberg said this is one of the hardest films he's ever had to make um, is that something you could see on set with Spielberg or is he just kind of like meh we'll just we'll just work through it so this is Rory Cash and a friend of Steven Spielberg chatting to Simon Pegg another friend of yes. Steven Spielberg this is obviously not your first time working with Steven um, but he has said himself that this was like right up there in one of the most difficult films he's ever made yeah is that something you having worked with him a second time you're like oh he is really like going for it this time because it's obviously way more technical than it was uh, I think there previously. were well, there were lots of challenges definitely I mean when we did Tintin it was the first time he'd done performance capture and he had the performance capture camera with him on set and he'd be looking at the scene through the camera which is because that's what he's used to doing is, is shooting a scene through a camera by the time we came to do this film he'd realised that he doesn't have to worry about that at that point he can come back to the scene after we've got it all captured in the computer and then he can shoot it so this time he was just him and he was directing us one on one which is interesting because it was just about the performance but then we're, there were also things like um, shooting the scenes with myself and Mark Rylance in the archive um, where it had to seem like a sort of a document almost that you could sort of scan. He came up with this way to shoot with eight cameras in an ellipse so that he'd have the, the scene shot from various different angles and could then stitch them all together so you could sort of literally move around it like that. So seeing him doing that kind of problem solving on the spot and scratching his head and loving it really, even though he was, you know, and yeah, he works well under pressure. He made Jaws under pressure. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Like, it, it does seem every time he, he's put under pressure, he ends up making one of his better works. Yeah, anyway, it's, so. he, he thrives under pressure, you know. Um, not to put too fine a point on it with the Avatar business now, but I feel a lot of fans of you would see you as their avatar on the big screen. They're like, oh, Simon Pegg is, is the <laughs> fanboy who's made it. Right. Uh, do you still, having worked with just about everyone at this point and works in as a part of every single major franchise give or take mm. do you still like step back and be like 
oh dang, like this is this is happening. Like I'm with Spielberg today, or I'm on Star Wars today. I do get. I mean, I, whenever Stephen walks in the room, I feel like that. But it's just because it's a privilege to know him and to get to work with him. I'm a you know I am a film fan, and um, I grew up um, watching his work, and so to get to work with him. Uh, is a treat. I, I try and take everything as much in my stride as I can, and I, I understand that, that obviously fanboying out isn't always a constructive thing to do. But um, yeah, and I, but I also try and uh, hold on to that sense of wonder and enjoyment about what I do because otherwise I'd become cynical and jaded, you know, and that would be a terrible thing. It would because I feel in, in your shoes, I would be the person who's like drunk at 3 a.m. going, Look who I can ring. From my phone, <laughs> I've literally got everyone here, and do you not believe me? And then ring them, and then I don't get any more jobs. So that must be hard for you to just like, no, I'm being, I'm being professional now. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, you you get a sense of what what to do and what not to do, and yeah. uh, um, and also you don't want to. You know, I could bother Stephen all day long by asking him questions, and and he's very forthcoming when you want ask when you want him to tell you a story. You know, he'll tell him, and not in a way that's like, oh, listen to me. He's just that's just his life. Mm-hmm. So in those moments between shots on set, when we're setting things up and we're just hanging around chatting, I will say, so tell me about Jaws. And he will. <laughs> and he's told us some fantastic stories about just his life in movies and mo- anecdotes from some of my favourite films. It's such a treat to be like, right, the horse's mouth. Yeah. Um, obviously, Ready Player One is a fantastic love letter to nerds and, and the passion that they have and geekdom and, and everything around the world. And it's all about getting the high score at, at one particular thing. What one thing in the world do you reckon you can do better than anyone else? Be Simon Pegg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, yeah. I will have to check a dictionary and see if there's another Simon Pegg who's more Simon There Pegg. is. There, there's, I think there's another guy on Twitter who, uh, who has the same name as me because I've seen it come up a couple of times. People think that I've said something and it's him. And I think he has about 10,000 followers, which he's got off the back of having the same name as me. Right. Although he, he, he puts a little disclaimer in his uh, bio, but I'm sure he, uh, he's not doing too much to stop that. He's like, not that Simon Pegg. Yes, exactly. Got it. But he still creams off a lot of people that realise it's not me. <laughs> but does he look like you? I don't, like, know, what, I don't know what picture? he looks like. No, you don't know what no, he looks no. like. Okay. And having words, like I mentioned, with literally everyone, it, not, nearly everyone, who is he still left that you're like still on the list? The, Co- the Coen brothers, I think. Uh, the Coen brothers are a, a filmmaking duo who I've also long been a fan of. Raising Arizona is one of my uh, all-time favourite movies as, as a kind of uh, demonstration of the art of comedy filmmaking. That film is, a, is the holy text for me. You know, it's a brilliant, brilliant uh, sort of Looney Tunes live action. And I, uh, I, I think those, the, the breadth of those guys' uh, sort of output as well in terms of what they can do as serious filmmakers so-called, or making a comedic film or something lighter. They just, they just seem to be able to do it all. And, and I love their intelligence and their uh, attention to detail. So they're, they're, you know, I'm not just a sort of sci-fi nerd. I also like... I like uh, The real world. The real world, too. Sure. <laughs> Simon Pegg, thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Like many of you, I only came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than just myself. Are you willing to fight? Let's save the oasis. 
Simon Pegg and Rory Cash and they're chatting all things Ready Player One and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, my best hope. Your best hope. <laughs> um, you've read the book that this is based on. You've I have. seen the film. I have. What the hell is Ready Player One about? Um, it's set in a vaguely dystopian future where there's a Willy Wonka type character who instead of uh, setting up a chocolate factory has set up a virtual reality world called the Oasis and after his death spoilers but it's in the first five minutes of the film so it's fine uh, he tells everyone that there are a number of easter eggs within the world and whoever finds the three of them will become the new owner I guess of Oasis and they get to run it from that point on so it is very much like a sci-fi version of Willy Wonka and we have Ty Sheridan and Olivia Cook and loads of other characters trying to find all the easter eggs and looking at the trailers for the film, for the official poster and then this series of kind of posters where they're doing an homage to loads of classic mm. 80s films as well. Um, like, obviously, the Easter eggs, it's jam-packed with these kind of pop culture references and everything yeah. as well. Like, are some of Steven Spielberg's other films in there as well? Or how does that work? Well, he, he said himself that he wanted to take... Mm, a lot of like the book has a lot of Spielberg um, references but Spielberg then said he wanted to take a lot of his own stuff out of it so it wasn't you know kind of like masturbatory of him just <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. remember your childhood it's because of me uh, so he, he he's put in some other uh, other scenes and there's one scene in particular which I haven't seen in any of the teasers or any of the trailers and I guarantee will be if we're doing a best of year Scenes, it will be right mm-hmm. near the top. There's a scene oh, in there, oh. and it, it's an homage to something, and it's done so magnificently well. Uh, the second it came up, I literally just wanted to clap in the audience. Just like, well, I like I've been looking forward to this film anyway. Yeah, um, but now I'm looking forward to it even more. Yeah, just wait. Like, oh, I can't wait for you to see the scene so that we can talk about it. Okay, is, did you- is it kind of standing on its own, or is it very rare to kind of? do the easter eggs and the pop culture moments or does it actually hold itself as its own narrative because I was just curious like it looked great but do you get overwhelmed by the need for all these pop culture references and stuff because I know that's the plot but it's not, like it's not really it's not really the plot in itself like it's 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 a lot of nods towards stuff like there's a massive um, car chase scene uh, in it and you can see like the the DeLorean and you can see the, the bike from Akira and there's a part where like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park is chasing after them and then King Kong ap- appears and you can be you can sit there and go oh there's, there's the T-Rex mm. and there's that or you can watch it and go this is a really exciting action sequence so there's nods but there's no except for that one scene that I'm not mm-hmm. talking about yeah. there's no bit in it where you're like I don't understand why this is happening like once you see the film as a whole and I thought the trailers as well I was like Ugh. like the visuals didn't quite click Yeah, but once you see the film it they do perfectly his most recent release was The Post which we had said at the time we felt like we enjoyed the film but didn't feel like vintage Spielberg um, is this him back to his best Back to his best. No, okay. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna. He's your friend as well, so that hurts to say. Well, that. you have to be honest with your friends. <laughs> own, own. You have to be honest yeah. with your friends. Okay. <laughs> oh god, that's so threatening. Um, but like, it's 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 one of his more enter- purely entertaining ones he's done in a long time because it felt he's got quite caught up in uh, being dark. Yeah. Um, the last few movies but I'd say his last entertaining one I really liked was probably Minority Report Munich came after which I loved but Minority Report was Minority Report was super dark but it was still really, it's it was still really really, really, really dark it was super dark <laughs> and Ward Wars but also entertaining oh it's really about 9-11 yeah. oh well, as so said, just yeah like it's it's really really entertaining and I would 
fully recommend going to see it on an IMAX screen because it is glorious to, to watch great stuff and uh, interviews with the rest of the cast as well will be up on Joe so go and check those out yes they're all, like, they're all up on Joe today. Um, they're all lovely lovely people to talk to Lena White gave me a high five in the middle of our interview so I know that went well I, that's exciting I it's, hate I was you excited. Right <laughs> <laughs> she's a cool she's lady she's so good in Master of None she's so good one of our other big releases this week is Blockers starring John Cena and uh, we're going to hear what Rory thought of it but first here's a little clip i'm in what i'm in i'm having sex tonight too uh just like that yeah i mean why not because it's your first time and your first time should be special and perfect yours can be special and perfect mine is going to be tonight and with that dude just brown connor aldrich your lab partner Listen, my student-athlete days are over. Tonight is the beginning of my adult life, and for the first time, I can do whatever I want. So I want to go to prom, get drunk, get potted up on weed, and lose my goddamn virginity. We're going to have the same first-time sex anniversary. We can go to dinner every year and commemorate it. Fred sticks for life, bitch. You were excited about this film. There's a couple of things, because Game Night's in the top ten at the minute. Yes. And for a while, we've been chatting about how crap American comedies have been recently. Yes. Father figures, things like that. Um, Game Night was surprisingly uh, really good, really yep. funny, you were saying. Um, and Blockers, you've been talking about this one. What, what happened here? Well, uh, like, i seen the trailer for it, and I was like, that's not a very good trailer. And then it ended I think at South by Southwest it did yeah aired it premiered at <laughs> South by Southwest and the reviews coming out there were crazy positive I was like mm, maybe this is like Spy when everyone lost their minds for Spy and I watched and it and it was like, fine was fine yeah but no it was it was surprisingly really really good very very funny um, the three leads in it Ike Barnholtz I think that's how you pronounce his name he was also in um, Sisters and what's that Workaholics okay uh, John Cena who I know Paul loves because he's already been quoting him. You can't see me. Okay. And uh, Judd Apatow's wife, Leslie Mann, uh, they're at the three leads and they're trying to stop their kids from losing their virginity on prom night. And I was like, oh, that's just kind of a run-of-the-mill American comedy setup. Thing. Yeah. But um, now there's there's some stuff in there and I was I didn't see it coming a mile off. Um, Ew. <sighs> Gross. Sorry. Oh, and Keep going. And it's fine. Dirty jokes are mine. <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Uh, and it's got like a very, it's got a very big heart and it's got like some surprisingly emotional scenes in it. So I was like, yeah, I'm down for this. Scene is not the world's greatest actor, but the other two carry him. I was actually going to ask because this is more of a prominent role for him. He's had bit parts in other, like Amy Schumer's uh, Train Wreck sure, and stuff as well. And he's funny when he comes on and plays I'm John Cena type oh, character. Yeah. But... Uh, not the world's greatest act, but gives it a decent stab here, does he? Yeah, like he he's he's coasting on charisma. I don't think he's going to trouble the rock in terms of okay. former wrestlers who are now actors, but uh, like I'll be very interested to see when he does finally do that Duke Nukem movie because yeah. he oh he, he would be a perfect Duke Nukem comedy and uh, action stuff. So, so like he's too. He's huge. He is a massive so man. So just having someone like that and just like, right, you'd be funny instead of saying, right, you blow up that wall there. It's just, it's just it takes your brain a second. You're like, but why is he being funny? So in that niche group of wrestlers who became actors, he's third behind The Rock, Andre the Giant, and then it's John Cena. Excuse me, Jesse the Body Ventura and Predator. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How could you forget forget about him. I'm so sorry. Hulk Paul. Hogan and Gremlins too? Or R- Ronda Rousey was in one of the... F- okay, we'll just do a list the other time. Um, so Blockers, also recommended then if you're looking for a Very, laugh. very much recommended. It was very, very, very funny. Uh, and up there with Game Night with like 
two of the best comedies of the year brilliant yeah. um, another release that's out this week um, we have been showing a lot of love for Steven Spielberg but another brilliant uh, well a lot of people either you either love him or hate him Wes Anderson now correct me I have some oh, I have some oh, Darda 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 oh, trivia Darda. trivia go on what did you do your uh Degree uh, thesis. <laughs> this is well. Whenever I was, <laughs> like, I just wanted to watch films all the time. So sure. I did. Uh, I wrote a big long essay on the music of Wes Anderson's *The Life Aquatic*. So I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm a pretty cool kind of guy. <laughs> it's got uh, lots of Portuguese David Bowie covers. If anyone wants to talk to me, I'll be outside afterwards. You'll be there alone. Oh, it's but just me. You're a big. You're a big Anderson fan. Oh yeah, no huge fan. Um, um, ma- massive fan. Great choice of music throughout his films. Favorite well. movie of his so far. Uh, well, I do have a soft spot for Life Aquatic because I saw it about 37 times. Wowzers. That's yeah. And Rushmore. Wow. Easily. Oh, are they? It's still one of the greatest. <laughs> do you have a favourite? <laughs> um, now it will be a lot of dogs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, do we have a clip? We do. I'll uh, let the clip talk and okay. then I'll talk. These are the dogs talking. <laughs> Wait a second. Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just open the sack first and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. sure. Maybe. Hi. A rancid apple core, two worm-eaten banana peels, a moldy rice cake, a dried-up pickle, tin of sardine, bones, a pile of broken eggshells, an old smushed-up rotten gizzard with maggots all over it. Okay, it's worth it. Get out of here and don't come back. He has a great voice, doesn't he? Unbelievable voice. That's Brian Cranston there, who will be our big guest on the Big Review Ski next week. Oh, my God. Um... Yes, like he's so perfect at the the mix of Malcolm in the Middle adorability and also Breaking Bad. I'm terrified of you. I'm, I'm going not entirely sure why. <laughs> uh, he voices one of the five leader dogs of the Isle of Dogs, which is an island full of dogs uh, off the coast of Japan after every dog has been infested with a kind of dog flu. Um, and one young boy who only speaks Japanese and the dogs can't understand because they all speak dog but on screen that is English crash lands that's on, handy yes uh, crash lands uh, on the Isle of Dogs uh, looking for his own dog and they help him on his way to find his uh, his pet so this has become your favourite Wes Anderson film because he's he's been on a good run uh, Grand Budapest Hotel that would have uh, been and Moonrise Kingdom two most recent I ones I didn't like Moonrise not yeah, a fan Darjeeling Limited was not before that one as well before yeah. that yeah, yeah. Um, but this is this is also a big statement, Roy. Big yeah, statement. it's it's very very funny. It's visually brilliant. Uh, the voice cast is insanely good. Uh, literally every famous person it feels like in in America and a lot of Japan uh, have done work on it. Um, yeah, and it's just it's full of those tiny uh, Anderson comedy moments that somehow work even better when they're animated. Um, yeah, just it's it's brilliant. If you loved his other stuff, you will absolutely love this. Um, and I again can't recommend it enough. Really good week. Uh, people aren't going to have you enough guys. time to go to the cinema. There's too many good films out at the moment. I can do it, you guys. You can do it. <laughs> okay, thanks for the inspiration, Rory. Um, our other big release this week is Journeyman, um, starring Paddy Considine yes. and directed by him as well. Yes, and I think written or maybe co-written. 
by, by him as well. Uh, we all love Paddy, don't we? We do indeed. Tyrannosaur was amazing. Oh, yeah. You can only watch it once, though. Yeah. And people, he's. St- if and you're dead, dead, anything he does with Shane Meadows is just bleeding, knocked it out of the park. Dead, my dead still, Man's Shoes is so good. So that was fantastic. And I still, every time he does that double take in um, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> when he comes back to the camera the second time comedy he, goals oh, he's so just good. I was again stop being brilliant at everything Paddy well, drama it, and comedy because is he brilliant in this because Journeyman tells a story of he plays a boxer he does play a boxer uh, a champion boxer who um, is defending his title and wins but then suffers a terrible terrible brain injury um, and when he's taken back home he's not really the man he was when uh, when he when he went when he got into the ring, so he has to go through rehabilitation, and his wife is there for him, but uh, it may be a bit too much for her. Here's a clip that doesn't have many words, but basically just sums up exactly what Rory said. When I come back through that door, I'm still going to be champion of the world. As I said, minimal dialogue there mm. and a wee hospital beep at the end. So basically, things go bad for him. Yeah, uh, it's it's not... A f- it's, well, it is. It's a film you've seen um, a thousand times before. It helps that Paddy is in the lead role and he directed so well. Uh, and he, like I said, he's just one of the most underrated, brilliant actors around there. Um, but it's there's not, there's not an original bone in its body. So... You're going for his performance, which is great, but there's not much else um, to recommend it on. Okay, so after us banging on about what an amazing week it it's, was. It's not a bad film, by any means. It's just, it's just I feel like I've watched it before. On another week, it might be the top film to go. Yeah, but it's yeah. just a strong week. Potentially, yeah, but like, considering its competition this week, it's not... Uh it's not coming on the top. Yeah, so if you're into boxing movies, as you said, there's a long uh, history of those. Uh, lots of fans out there. There's Journeyman. Uh, you've also got Isle of Dogs, Blockers, and Ready Player One. So spoilt for choice. If you can't make it to the cinema to see one, two, three, or four of those, uh, that's completely understandable. Yep. Uh, if you are staying at home, though, we do have a recommendation this week to watch uh, if you have Netflix. Um, if you don't have Netflix, just steal it off someone. Someone at work, just take their, their passcode. Like, they'll, someone will share it. Don't promote thievery. No, I mean off, off, just like a, a person. That's what. That's what, oh, that's thievery what theft is. Is. <laughs> is that illegal too? That is illegal. It is. Yep. Uh, for legal reasons, I uh, I'm sorry about what I just said. <laughs> anyway, I lend you my Netflix um, because we are on a bit of a, a Spielberg binge. Um, I was checking to see what titles are available there. Um, there are four of his films okay. on Netflix at the minute, but the one that I'm picking as this week's recommendation is. Schindler's List that's a good one so Spielberg made Schindler's List just after Jurassic Park so he was he was filming it while he was uh, finishing the special effects for Jurassic Park which is an incredible 
pair of films to like they're slightly different films and uh, mm. when you even look at the, the career tra- uh, trajectory of Liam Neeson who was Oscar nominated for his performance as Oscar Schindler um, and to, to the films that he's he's doing now we had him as the commuter there a couple of mm. weeks back um, yeah like I mean if you haven't seen Schindler's List and I know I, I, <laughs> there was a friend I had he's an ex-friend now his opinion on uh, films if they were in black and white he was like no I'm not watching it he was like I don't like those old films I was like well one this isn't an old film this is from the 90s and uh, oh god that's slightly old now um, but as well as that just kind of prejudging uh, on that but it is uh, set during the Holocaust it's a tough watch it's a beautiful film it's yep, really yep. unlike lots of his his other ones and we were talking about favourite Spielberg moments as well there's an iconic uh, there is one moment of colour uh, if you've seen the film you'll know what we're talking about if you haven't it just it kind of it really just stands out and just <laughs> completely breaks your heart uh, yeah. when you see it as well yeah. are you fans of Schindler's List? I, I don't know if ever well apart from that one guy who's an ex-friend <laughs> yeah like it's it's obviously it's brilliant and, and every aspect of it is like it's it's one of those masterpieces on his on his CV but uh it is tough. Yeah, you have is, to be in the mind frame for it. It's a tough watch. It was the film that got him the Oscar he was waiting for for so long. But uh, no to praise. I know you mentioned Neeson, but uh, Ray, uh, Ralph Fiennes as Amagoth is probably one of the greatest villains. But he's so human as well as such a horrible, horrible monster. And Ben Kingsley as uh, Schindler's right hand right hand man as accountant is superb in the film. Really well acted, and yeah, definitely, definitely a, a document of history that you should see. Definitely. On a, on a lighter note, I know we were saying that was heavy. If you do see Liam Neeson parody um, his uh, or elements of his performance in Schindler's List in Ricky Gervais's uh, Life's Too Short, uh, one of the funniest scenes in that series <laughs> that as well. Um, because he's basically saying he got the job just because he loves lists. Um, he is an amazing <laughs> actor as well, of course. So that's our recommendation to watch at home. Um, now, on to competition. As we said, we do have that uh, main prize of winning a trip to Italy for yourself and a friend or one of us you can take us. Shane, you still coming, yeah? I'm there, yeah. Perfect. Um, all the details for that competition will be up on Joe, but we do have some Pacific Rim Uprising prize packs to give away. And this week's high clue, if you get the right answer, you'll be in with a chance of winning it, is, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, I have it here. Are you are you just going to, no, you, are you going to do this no one? I have pen here. I'm going to have to write on my Listen, phone. Listen, fine, look here. Look, yeah, borrow my pen. Okay, 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 we started okay. it. This one is 300 plus one. Yeah. New York Doctor gets the blues. Oh, sorry, Rory. Am I bothering you? Hmm. And the final line is, it's graphic on screen. And just uh, the first line, the 300, is the number 300, the digits. Okay. So 300 plus one. It's, yeah. New York Doctor gets the blues. Yeah. It's graphic on screen. I think I might have it. Okay, but keep it to yourself because this one's for the listeners, okay? You definitely do not have it. Can you confirm? You definitely do have it, Rory. Paul... Sickner. Shame on <laughs> you can fight about it afterwards. Um, as well as the specific Rim Uprising uh, prize packs, we also have some blocker stuff. Loads of goodies um, to give away. Um, it's not John Cena or time with John Cena. I don't think that time with uh, 50 Cent that we uh, said we were giving away before, I don't think that worked out too well. No. We're we're having, I haven't heard from that winner. <laughs> no, they, never, they never came back. Uh, as ever, uh, thanks again for listening to The Big Review Ski. Uh, we'll see you all again next week. We, we're all here next week. Paul, you gallivanting off again, are you? I see what Ben Affleck's up 
helicopter. Okay, perfect. Fair. Uh, Roy, you're here. Yeah, yeah. Next week we've got uh, we've got Brian. Brian Cranston is going to be on the show, star and, of Isle of Dogs. And John. And I think John Cena is going to pop in to say hello as well. Sweet. Massive. All, all of our new besties. So, so, so I can see him. Yeah, you can. Like so you'll see Wrestling him. joke there. Really bad wrestling joke. We're sorry to end on such such a downer. It's like our sad <laughs> news segment again. We'll see you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.